welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about our favorite Star Wars books and all the chapters without Jason Solo. My name's Justin. I'm Tim. And this week on Forever Canon, we're going to cover chapters 25 through 28 of Legacy of the Force, book 7. Fury. I don't know why I looked at the cover of the book as if it would say book seven written very boldly on it. <laughs> I don't know. So I could be more sure of myself. Same reason why we read the chapters and then every single time before we record it, you have to look <laughs> and see what chapters we And I, you can hear it in my voice too. Like, I'm looking and thinking 25 through 28. Yes, That's I can this one. count by four chapters every week like we've been doing for the past year. Welcome. And that's what we'll be talking about this week. Chapter 25 through 28 of book 7 of 9. Yeah. Moving along. Legacy of Force. Fury. But first. Bum, bum, bum. Previously on Forever Canon. The troops are low on morale. Jason tells Alana the secret. And Luke vows to recover her. The one Sith make a move on Bameel. And so do the solos. Alema force projects and Jag is Iron Man. Is that pretty much summing up for you? That's, that's pretty good, yeah. But that was last time. This week, well, we pick up right where we left off. Chapter 25. <laughs> Zek and Jaina are under attack. They've been floating through the interior tunnels of the asteroid, searching for Alema, when they're fired upon by ship. Zek, of course, tells Jaina to go ahead. I'll take on this ship all by myself. Because, as Jag thought to himself earlier, they're just distractions for Jaina to complete her goal. You know? I'll gladly die to this giant floating eyeball ship in the darkness. Because what you have to do is way more important than everybody else, right? Hmm. Come on. It's Jaina Solo. She's got one of them last names. Yeah, yeah. She's got an important last name. You're going to leave her to fight this ship all by herself and go solve the mystery and save the day? No. Yeah, not. don't nameless Zach to go and do it. He doesn't have a last name. Oh, he do. Oh, does he really? They said it some at one point. Really? Yeah, because I came across it somewhere. Or maybe it was uh, when I was looking at Wikipedia for something. But he has a last name and it sucks. Oh. So, okay. I don't remember it. <laughs> I'll look it up after. Yeah, it's pretty good, but it sucks. <laughs> I mean, it's good that he has one, I guess. You know, like, that's... You flush these characters out. <laughs> Give them a last name. Give them last name. Give them, apparently... What color is his hair? I think it's blonde, but it's, it's totally not, it's, black. It's black, yeah. It's the and opposite. it's a ponytail. Yeah. Well, all right. He tells Jaina to go ahead. <laughs> you go save the day. I'll fight this ship. A new trend... Uh, we've seen Jag do a few times here where everybody's just going to sacrifice themselves for Jaina to complete her goals now, all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. She is the sword and such. So Zek defeats the ship, as you do. Yeah, in a weird way he does that. Yeah, by sucking in the dark side energy, because he used to be a dark boy, mm-hmm. raised at the academy. Dark yeah, the, sh- the Shadow Academy. Shadow Academy. I knew it was some kind of shit name. <laughs> no offense, but I mean, like, 
I don't know. It just sounds cliche. Yes, it does. You know? Shadow Academy. Ooh. <laughs> Man, fits Zach perfectly. Yeah. He really gets through it. He he uses his own dark side will to blast Alemas out of the way. Yeah. That's what he does. And then he once he hammers that mound of dirt that was built up on the metaphorical deck of the ship, he can give it new orders to run away. Yeah, go, be free. Zoom! Ship gone. <laughs> happy. Ship was happy, relieved, elated. Poof. Flying away, gone. Easy peasy. Now, to kill Jag and make Jaina love me. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> kill Jag, make it look like an accident. Can't do it in front of Jaina, because then she'll definitely be mad at me, and I need her to fall in love with me. Wait a minute, this is the dark side talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> like that scene with it was pretty funny. It is pretty funny. And that's exactly He's the like, sequence of yes, events. Yes, okay, good, good. Ship <clears throat> defeated. Next, murder Jag. Good. How do I, like, that was... Yeah. Just a nice like representation of how in, uh, pervasive and invasive the dark side is. Without, you know, he thinks he's letting it in an inch. It's yeah, it's coming kinda... inside him for a mile. Yeah, it's... if we could phrase that better. <laughs> but that's what's happening. Zach, you know, he's given into the darkness, and the darkness is getting to him pretty seriously <laughs> yeah. based on this these new uh, plans. Meanwhile, Jaina almost gets tricked to death. By a Minoc dragging Jag, which is really young Alemma with a lightsaber riding a Minoc. As you do. <laughs> this, the first time we came to the asteroid and fought Phantoms with Ben and Jason, it was wild. Yeah. It was weird. This is weirder. <laughs> this is this is sillier from the description. This is Alemma doing it not Lumaya doing it. Yeah. So it's like got a very different taste to everything, you know? Like everything is a trick and a trap. Whereas the Lumaya thing was kind of more straightforward. Like they're talking Here's a thing coming to fight you for real. Not like, "Oh, and it's revealed to be her riding the back of a Minox swinging a lightsaber at you and stuff." I don't know. Pretty cool Jaina didn't die though. That's cool. <laughs> I don't know why not like she's been doing very much in all these books mm -hmm. anyways, but she avoids that death. And then she hands out the usual Jedi menu of options to Alema. Mm -hmm. Number one, surrender. Number two, die. Which one do you want to do? It, For being <laughs> peacekeepers and pacifists and general supposed good guys of the galaxy. Is that not an absolute... Well, that you're not supposed to have in the Jedi Code? Surrender was the first option. Sure. But the second one came real quick. <laughs> it really did. You know what I mean? Like, it's always join us or die. Which, it is on the bad guy side, too. But isn't that kind of the comparison that you don't want to draw, right? Like, being, yeah. you know, being a so severe like that is not good on either side of things that's why the the jedi order and the light side is in such a disarray such a kerfuffle as it is yeah because you know you're not being totally honest about everything that's in your code and anyways anyways surrender or die mm -hmm. chapter 26 on the millennium falcon where leia is holding firm at the door to the cockpit battling her own version of young alemma Again, 
Only blocking. No attacking. Oh, and in case you didn't know, Han and Leia are old. <laughs> we are young. You are old. You will tire or the ship firing on you, whoever it is, will hit your ship and you will watch your husband die. Leia nodded agreeably. Yes, I keep hearing that sort of thing. Across 40 years now, the same speech. One of the downsides of being old. <laughs> I like Leia's response. That was so a good, good response. <laughs> Especially, you know, I mean, it makes sense in that scenario where, like, she's fighting a force phantom and it's it's not an all-out battle to the death. And, like, you have a moment for brevity and levity, right? Not brevity. You have a brief moment for levity. Yeah. And I think she uses it pretty well. And, like, Aaron Olsen uses it really well <clears throat> in the narrative because, really, think about it. Like, how many people have said such things to, to them over 40 years and then died. Yeah. Not us, baby. It's never us. We're still here. Scoundreling and scamming our way across the galaxy. Don't tell me, don't tell me you're going to get me because you don't ever get me. Boba Fett doesn't even get me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like they, how many people have been stepping in and saying, I'm going to kill you. That's enough of this. Yeah. The, I only know like, Han since he was a kid because the first one that told him that first was uh, Garrus Shrike was the guy that was like a slaver guy right? and then Thraken actually yeah. when he when Han was like eight mm-hmm. threatened to kill him yeah. well <laughs> he was a good guy <laughs> <laughs> such a had him locked in the basement such a nice family that they have going on yeah but seriously I mean how many people over these 40 years have died from underestimating Han, Leia, or the Falcon. Oh. Didn't think that ship would be that fast. Didn't think that ship would have that much firepower. Didn't think the pilot would be that good. All the things where they're constantly being underestimated by vast, by vast margins, and I don't know why. <laughs> For the first five, even ten years, maybe, but after that? You would think. I mean, what, once you've got one or two Death Stars under your belt, <laughs> wouldn't like doesn't that get around? <laughs> you would. You would hope so. All right. Well, here's a Lemurar making promises that I don't think her fucking ass can cash. No. Make some metaphors here, but <laughs> cut to Jaina and the Lemma standoff being cut short by first the feeling of the dark side eating Zek. Eating Zek. Jaina says. Ugh, holy hell. <laughs> That's fucked. Then, the second feeling. Of ship leaving, Alema screaming, and dropping the phantoms. Yep. That was her way out. That Gone. was her secret shortcut out of the asteroid was the ship that was... Yeah, in case, she had to, in case she had to bail. That's gone. She drops the phantoms. Cut to... Alema disappears from Leia as well. Cut to Jag smashes into the wall as Minox poof away. Cut to <laughs> Alema in a rail car heading up for an escape now that she's been stranded by a ship. Welcome back to our long missed roller coaster time in this Legacy of the Force <laughs> series. If it's not. Center point or a missile factory or an asteroid that has roller coasters, you better believe we're going to be 
fucking foot gliding down the side of a gigantic <laughs> skyscraper, jumping down through telephone wires, like fly off oh, elevator shafts everywhere, everywhere. So we're back to a roller coaster ride. Yeah. A llama blasting off for escape. Nice and easy. Up and down buttons. She doesn't have to worry about uh, something betraying her. Stupid ship. Cut to the poison moon. Speaking of stupid ships, kind of a dumb name. That's a super dumb name. These Sith are not very clever. They called the other thing ship. <laughs> I mean, they call it a meditation. Anyways, the poison moon. Or Dichian. Dickian? Dicean? You make the call. Yeah, I like Dichian. And company. Have the perfect resolution to the perfect mission and blow up all the bombs they've been placing all over the asteroid. And then they follow ship to Zyost to scoop it up once it gets there. Yeah, they want to beat it there so they can grab it. Win, win, win. The Sith are killing it out here in Bimil. <laughs> they are. They're, I... I didn't even know they were placing bombs all over the asteroid. No, nobody knew who they were. They just knew there was this random frigate out they there. They get in and out. Zing, zang, bang. Heading to Zyost, as they say, the original homeworld of the Sith. I thought Korriban was the homeworld of the Sith. Uh, I think Korriban's the homeworld of the modern Sith. Like, modern relatively. So Zyost is where the Red Facers came from? And Korriban is like where like the uh, they consecrated a group of Force users into a Sith. Yeah. How many homeworlds these motherfuckers have? Many it's too many. Have. Yeah. Couple at least. I mean, that's complicated history, I guess. But <laughs> I don't know. Fuck, man. It seems like. Seems like. It's confusing, right? It is, <laughs> is a little that confusing. The original homeworld. At least they used original as a that's what modifier there. Like, right? So, like, that's where the species came from. And then the group was founded on Korriban. Yeah. And grown and stuff, I guess. And the name Sith was coined on Korriban. But it wasn't, because the Sith was already the species from Zyost. The red-faced tentacle people are Sith a species. That's a species, not just a group of force users. So anyways, chapter 27, (laughs) the Millennium Falcon. I don't know. It's confusing. Move on. Chapter 27, (laughs) Millennium Falcon. Han and Leia see the mystery frigate leaving and a boom on the asteroid. Cut to in the asteroid where Jaina and Alema meet up. She doesn't surrender and Jag shows up to fight Alema instead so Jaina can move on with her more important mission. Saving Zach. I mean, it makes sense. Again, yeah. in this case, it makes sense. Jag tried to save Zach. Jag doesn't have the force. And Zach wouldn't listen so to him. So he's got all the weapons in this Iron Man suit built to fight a Lemurar. Yep. Specifically, she's got the magic powers to go deal with the magic problem. But once again, it's the trend that's being cemented, I would say, here. Not started here. Of whatever Jane is doing is the most important thing. So we all have to give our lives up for the success of the Sword of the Jedi. And it's just going to keep happening over and over. Most importantly, she doesn't even argue. No, she doesn't. Old Jaina would have argued. Of course, as she thinks to herself. Yeah. 
if I hadn't grown so much in the last few weeks, oh God, I'm into <laughs> such a better person. I probably would have argued with him and then we'd both be dead. All three of us would be dead. So she takes off. And Alema promptly beats Jag with the roller coaster track. Cuts <laughs> a giant section of it off and slams him into the wall. A couple times. And when he tries to use his big special blaster, she takes it. Ha <laughs> immediately. I'm a force user, you idiot. She crooks a finger and it flies across to her hand. And she stands there talking about how if you would have used robots, I never would have known if you would have had a, some kind of... You know, you can't... Uh, I can sense your foolish human emotions. And she's floating a lightsaber towards him to cut him up. And she's holding on to his blaster. And wouldn't you know it, it's time for that special surprise that Jag wouldn't tell Jaina about. The gun blows up. It explodes. Big fucking surprise, <laughs> <Yeah>. bud. Woo! <laughs> All right. Like, you put a fucking dead man's trigger in it. Yep. He says, like, oh, it floated so far away from me, so now I just have to... Try to act concerned as long as I can so I don't give away the fact that yeah. she's in danger. Focus on my pain Wait for and all it to that. Blow up. Well, big surprise, Jag. It works, though. Her right arm is gone, and he manages to get a crush gun around her throat. And as she stares at him with fear in her eyes, she begs not for mercy, but for remembrance. Oof, my heart. Yeah. Because I think we've talked about this before on the podcast. Like, dying isn't scary. Being not forgotten is scary. Yeah. Because then you've never existed. It's not that you're gone and done. It's that you never were once you're forgotten. Once you're forgotten, yeah. Right. But she doesn't just want to be remembered. Jag must be getting the sense through the force that she's impressing on him, right? Mm -hmm. She wants to be remembered... As she used to be. She wants to be remembered whole, happy, good. Before she was all broken and twisted and maimed. That certainly is not how she wants to be remembered. No. Remember me in the good times, Jag. <laughs> On to Nupe. <laughs> no, I mean before that. Yeah, yeah. Before you knew me, man. Yeah. <laughs> Back when I was a good guy. Right. Because we talked about this a little bit, like just the two of us earlier, that she's not, she's not the a real, she does bad things, yeah. But she's not. She's not really evil. You, yeah, she's not a bad guy. Well, yeah, okay, she's not evil. Zangief, bad guy, but <laughs> Zangief, not bad guy. <laughs> exactly. Like that from fucking Wreck It Ralph is so the story of there Alana. it is. Like she's a disaster piece. She's a goddamn crazy mess. She's crazy. She's not evil. Yeah. She's crazy. Yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah. She's certified. She's off but she's not for like, sure. She's not really evil. All she ever did, you know, after she got broken and stuff, was try to serve the balance. So, you know, in her head, she's trying to serve the greater good that she believes in through her bug brain. Yeah, messed up killick brain. But she just wants to be remembered. And Jag says, I will. Before crushing her neck into a billion tiny fragments, yeah. I'm guessing. Like a with the crush like, gun. like a grape. Yeah. That's what I like. Yep. Yep. Just, just like that. 
Goodbye, Alama. Alamarar is Good night. Dead. Good night. She was fantastic. Yeah. And we'll talk about her in the recap. We're not going to, you know, give her a eulogy and have like a mourning for her right now. I know. In the last recap, we said we probably won't get back around to her. But she died. Well, she did some stuff in this book. She did. And she died. You're going to mention a passing it's character. Time. <laughs> it's time for <laughs> In Memoriam when we come around. <laughs> we to have the, to. Uh, the, uh, the, the book recap at the end. But yeah, she's gone now. She's dead. Lumaya. Dead. Alema. Dead. Jason. Rocking. <laughs> Cut to. Jaina finds Zek. But he won't leave. Too much dark side in him now. Until Jaina says, if you don't help me leave, I'm going to die trying to save you. And he's like, oh, I guess you got me there. You tricked me with logic, huh? I guess all right. That works. And he fucking goes along. Again, she is the most important person. This is like a trick of the dark side as well. But like, don't save yourself, Zach. Save me. Yeah. Save that sword. I don't know. She's... The most important person who hasn't been in the books. <laughs> fucking hardly at all. The whole these, time like, here. Those last three chapters have been uh, all about uh, what she's been up to. Oh, with. yeah. I mean, hey, she's heavy heavy in book seven here so far. <laughs> Looking forward to what more there is. So, of course, she and Zek make it up to the habitat. Just in time for it to be blasted loose from the asteroid by all the explosions. Pilot that, Jaina. This <laughs> <laughs> is f- huh? rotating. Yeah. Like one of those little, like, bobble... I literally picture it like, okay, <laughs> for anybody who know, knows what I'm talking about, you remember portables at school, yeah. like a trailer essentially, right? Like a live-in trailer attached to the side of the asteroid on like steel frame legs Yeah, because there was that gap between the tunnel and the thing. So it's like, I don't know, just a trailer home with legs floating through fucking space right now. With Jane and Zek and X-Wings inside. I mean, I, and I pictured a snow globe floating through space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with cracks With in all it. the litter in it, too. It would kind of, like, they're talking about, like, the whole, like, uh, the hangar that they were parked in. Like, all the shit, everything. Everything's all over There's the no place. no gravity. It's yeah. blown off the asteroid now. Pretty cool. Pretty cool visual stuff. But yeah. I don't know how she's going to land this thing. Cut to the Millennium Falcon. Where it turns out, Jane and Jag and the Stealth Xs are headed to the Falcon. Han and Leia's way, with Jag and Alema both presumed dead. At the end of chapter 27, Jag and Alema are both presumed jet dead. Chapter 28, nope, he's alive and now going to be rescued by the Falcon. Yippee, cut to Endor. <laughs> Right? Like, yeah. Like, you fucking did it again, man. Stupid shit. <laughs> Two paragraphs into the next chapter. He's alive. He's alive. Ten fucking sentences later. He's alive. Why did we get a chapter break here? I don't know. Why is the chapter break not fresh at Endor? Okay. To have the ten goddamn second suspense of Jag Fell is dead. Well, if we were reading this book three chapters at a time, we'd have a whole. (laughs) (laughs) But, okay, so you have to think about it in the context of normal reading, though. Yeah. And not uh, reading (laughs) a specific amount for a podcast every week. But 
You can't keep doing this. It's it was funny in the first two books. Yeah. Okay, because it wasn't just Aaron Alston either. Everybody was doing it in the first few books. But like this guy in this book is fucking ridiculous right now. This has got to be the fourth or fifth time that A, he's had an awkward chapter break and B, he's been like, oh, psych. Yeah. <laughs> not even, I'm not even going to yell that one because <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, Jack Fowl's dead. No, he's not. Don't worry. Okay. Oh, he's alive. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's, yeah. There's, there's, there's no, no waiting. Tension. There's no tension to it at all. Yeah. And not just because <laughs> I've read these before and I knew Jag was alive. You know? You can't just go double back two paragraphs later because it makes everything meaningless. Like the, all the suspense meaningless. Yeah. Could this guy have more plot armor right now? He's wearing it in a fucking mechanical suit. Mm-hmm. Can't be killed by lightsabers. Can't be killed by vacuum. Can't be killed by a Lemurar because she's dead. Uh, he's, he's alive. Yeah. Chapter 28, he's live. Endor. Luke and Ben answer a holocom from the Falcon. Imagine that. A space phone call to your brother. Easy. Yeah. Easy. And a hologram at that. Expensive. Exactly. Not even a voice message. Yeah. A FaceTime. Yeah. Across space. A space time. Apparently it's pricey, according to Luke. I don't know about... Oh yeah, well yeah. They are they have they mention that a lot in the Star Wars universe where like, hey man, you wanna send a message down the block? Cool. You wanna send it to the next planet? Cool. Hey, you wanna send it across the galaxy? Cool, but it's gonna cost you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I don't know, I guess you gotta pay for the strength of the transmitter, you know? Yeah. That and holograms are more expensive to send and all that, yeah. So what is this phone call all about? I'm sure we're gonna quickly cover and Tie up all the loose family ends that we've been bickering over for all these books. No, it's just a quick little message. Hey, we're coming to bring you a banged up Jag so you can fix him up with your Jedi-ness. P.S. Lemurar is dead. Gotta go. Click. <laughs> yeah, They're going to be able to track us. Gotta go. Click. Luke to Ben. Ah, Mara's killer is finally dead. Ben. Yep. Dad. Yep. Totally. Doesn't, you know, Dad doesn't, doesn't lo- voice his disbelief that yeah. Alema is the killer again. Because why bother? And it, in, in the writing, it doesn't even give him a, like a mental aside saying, I, yeah. it doesn't even do that. And then we get, after this very short phone call, maybe the greatest scene of Luke Skywalker In these 28 chapters so far. Oh, okay. Not in the whole series. Yeah, you know what? I, I didn't mean to pause that long. <laughs> really kind of gave it a false sense of immensity of what I was about to say. No, no, no. But it, definitely his best scene in the book. There were three options. Yeah. This book, this series, or forever. Of all time. <laughs> what would Luke Skywalker's number one all-time moment be? Well, his most, like... His I guess you'd have to biggest define, gravity, yeah, like, like biggest galaxy changing moment was blowing up the Death Star. I think. Okay, what's your favorite Luke Skywalker moment? Off um, the top of your head, 
Don't fucking email us at forevercanonpodcast.gmail. No. I always point at the computer when I'm talking to the audience. <laughs> when you're talking to the audience, yeah. yeah. All that, all the audience. Um, I like when he's confronting Palpatine. I like that whole scene. I specifically like when he is dying, being electrocuted to death. And he's just like, he doesn't hit the anger and he doesn't hit the, like the, the pain and the, he just hits the desperation note. Father, please. Yeah. Like reaching out to there's his this, dad. There's lightning just, in his, like going in his mouth and he's like yeah. glowing. Yeah. Which looks really cool for 1977. It's so, so good. Wait, no, no, it's not 77. That'd be like 80, 83, two empire. Oh uh, yeah. Not empire. I mean, return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Either way. In there somewhere. Either way. Looks great. That's one of my favorite moments for Luke Skywalker. And it informs so much of his character. I just really like watching him suffer, first of all. No, I'm just kidding. But I really do like like this this uh, situation where, you know, that's the, the ultimate moment of desperation where you would give in to the dark side to save your life. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, but he's, he's such a good guy. Yeah. And then build a, everything off of there up to the point where... You have to walk away with your son from killing your nephew. Or you have to fly away from blowing up your nephew because he's got a kid sitting in his lap. Yeah. I don't like all these other moments that we've been talking about <laughs> through this book. Yeah. So why do I like that? Because he was pleading with Vader to kill Palpatine, who was really the greater evil. And so he was still trying to kill the evil. And he wasn't even saying... No, he wasn't saying kill Palpatine. He was, he was help just saying me. save me. Help me. Yeah, help me. Ooh. Oh, I got goosebumps right now. I like how we chose the same part of the same movie. Yeah. That's yeah. our favorite part. If I had to pick my second favorite part, it would be... Oh, I can't think of the line now. I don't know. Oh, I was going to go to Toshi Station and pick up some power converters. <laughs> 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 He's just fucking He's just a blue mouth mustache teenager. Yeah, whiny, whiny teenager. Yeah, exactly. Anyhow, cut to <laughs> maybe the best scene for Luke Skywalker in this book. Where he and Ben have a conversation about Luke's clear absence of leadership since Mara's died. And Ben even tells him that he's given up. He says, you want to be with mom. Of course I do. Don't you? Yes, but for me, it's different. I want her to be here with us. Ben stopped in mid-stride and whirled to face his father. A graceful move that Luke could appreciate with the Jedi Master portion of his mind. You want to be with her where she is. What do you mean? You want to be dead. At peace. With her. Dead. Such a nice succinct summation of what is wrong with his grief right now. Yeah. Not that it's wrong to grieve like that, but what, uh, why it's uh, problematic for everybody else. Luke, uh, Luke doesn't want to be here, man. And you know, he goes through all the logic of his own emotions through this, which is again, one of my fucking favorite things about Luke Skywalker, but he doesn't want to be here. He doesn't want the responsibilities that he's have. He's has, he's given them shrugged off all his Jedi order responsibilities because he wants to be dead mm-hmm. and he wants to be done and he wants to be gone. Yeah. This scene even mentions training a new Jedi grandmaster. Yeah. 
For what? For you to not be around. That's what. Yeah. You know, like. Because you have given up and want to continue that way. And it's two different sides of the grief, you know, between the two of them. Kind of laid plain for us. Where, you know, Ben explains the attachment to his grandmaster dad. What attachment really is. If she goes away, you start functioning like a droid with a restraining bolt. Mm-hmm. Like you're not whole anymore. That's what your attachment is. You don't want to be here. I'm sad because she's not here. You're sad because you're not with her. Different process of that grief. As yeah. you would, right? A different relationship between husband and wife and son and mother. But I just thought that was fucking amazing. It's very, very wise for a 14 year old. Yeah. I was going to say out of the mouth of babes, like, yeah, we're, we're getting this 14 year old written as fucking wise old wizard, man. Yeah. He has learned so much since Zyost and before that breaking into the fucking business building to steal the necklace, you know, like ever since Jason sent him on that mission, he has completely changed. And now this kind of goes back to another point that we made before of Jason thinking he's getting his way through all of his actions, but he's actually inadvertently making the galaxy a better place in an unknown way. Yeah. Where he has molded Ben Skywalker into this wizened, thoughtful, peaceful, patient for a 14 year old. Yeah. Being. Instead of what he wanted to make him, which was like desperate, attached, ready to be molded into evil. Yeah. When he, what, what instead he did, instead of making him like an open receptacle to fill up, instead he made him very self-aware, which is like, you don't want that, right? That's bad for robots. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> if you want them to serve a purpose and do only what you want. So like, I think. You know, it's that thing where Jason's doing a lot of things that are going to change the future of the galaxy for the better, but not the way that he thinks. Yeah. Not in the short term view, you know, and a much broader, longer term view, especially things like this with Ben between torturing him and all, all that jazz. Ben has so much fucking wisdom <laughs> to give out and dump on his dad. 14 year old boy, man. And throughout this conversation, what was my favorite things about it was Luke's realizations throughout the conversation. He wants to argue with him about, no, I don't want to be dead. But then he's like, Oh yeah, I don't really have an argument. Like he's processing and thinking about his emotions yeah, in a very aware way. Like ahead of his time in 2009, mm-hmm. he's woke as fuck and yeah. he always has been right. He, he wants to be mad at Ben's tone. But he's just mad at himself. You you know, you make that jump from emotional reaction to understanding the root of the emotion and then step back another step further to really look at the whole thing. Yeah, and he he does it all bang, bang, bang real quick. Because he's the 65-year-old grandmaster, right? Yeah, Yeah. he is the grandmaster of emotions. Like Luke is self-aware on just a higher plane than everybody else. Even the other Jedi Masters, that's why they all look up to him. Yeah. You know, his leadership is not, as much as we want it to be in these books, action. Yeah. Not 
that's not his most valuable leadership quality, I should say. His most valuable leadership quality is, you know, the example that he sets. Mm-hmm. He's been to the dark side too. He's come back. He has made the hardest choices that nobody's ever had to make. He has saved everyone in the galaxy time and time again. Him and his family, his wife, his son, his nephew, his brother and sister. and Yeah. And understanding his emotions and, like, like I said, their true roots has always served him as his strength. Even like we were talking about, all the way back to resisting Darth Vader during that duel on the Death Star. Before he's getting electrocuted to death. Yeah. He is, you know, they're trying to manipulate his emotions. The whole time. Palpatine is trying to make him scared. Telling him all your fucking friends are dead. Darth Vader is like, the only hope you have is to join us or else you're going to die. Join me and we can kill him and everything's cool, man. But even all the way back to that, Luke Skywalker is not going to do the wrong thing for the right reasons. Yeah. He, He's in, not going to join the dark side to, to beat the dark side. Yeah. In right? that one, in that one scene, he loses it for a moment. Sure. And then he's, and then he's like, Nope. And there are lots of moments over his history where yeah. he slips, you know, like he's been slipping for seven fucking books now. Yeah. Not into the dark side, but too deep into inaction. Yeah. Which is, as bad as being. Hey, man, how your nephew can become an evil Sith Lord under your fucking finger is pretty pathetic. Yeah. I understand they all become Sith in secret. Mm-hmm. It's not something you fucking advertise from mm-hmm. the jump, but like. Hey, Uncle Luke, I'm going to Sith training. Sith training to use your emotions to the best of your abilities to conquer those uh, those dark emotions and use them to power yourself. Whereas Luke's power comes from his emotions, but in like an antithetical way to the Sith. Yeah. Come, he gets powered by decades of understanding himself, understanding the root of his emotions, grants him strength, grants him wisdom beyond everyone else in the galaxy. Well, not other than his 14 year old kid, other than him, he, he's wiser than him, but there may be someone stronger in the galaxy. Our final remaining bad boy from the triumvirate of damaged and broken Darksiders is also very emotional and very powerful. And he's after the galaxy's biggest gun. So good luck, Skywalkers. The remaining Solo Sith is still out there doing something that we didn't even check in on with these four chapters. So we'll have to find out next week. That's how suspense works. See? <laughs> I'm not going to tell you right now. <laughs> Next week. <laughs> when we cover chapters 29 through 32 of Legacy of the Force, Book 7, Fury. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. Cliff? For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out. Hanger.